doing better than first service. First service, I forgot the song we sang just before this. And the last few days, I rewrote my sermon so that it perfectly matched that song. (laughs) So I started first service with a nice little... But I don't get emotional. But, like Scott said, Merry Christmas. Day later. Happy Boxing Day. One of my favorite stories of all time, after the Bible, is A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Written nearly 200 years ago. It's a short little story that every year my wife and I watch through multiple times throughout the year. And then in December, we watch some more because there are a couple dozen different iterations out there that you can watch. There's a couple I'd suggest you don't watch. But I also, every December, reread the book because I love it. It's only five chapters, says Staves in there. But A Christmas Carol is the story of Ebenezer Scrooge. He is a miserly old man whose business partner has been dead for several years. His estranged nephew still tries to invite him over for Christmas. But Christmas, according to old Scrooge, is humbug. He hates it, can't stand it. And some people say it's strange that I should like this kind of story because it is a story about a man who talks to charity collectors about the poor going to work in workhouses or in prisons. And when the charity collectors say many can't go there and many would rather die than go there. Well, Scrooge replies... Well, then, they'd better do it and decrease the surplus population. A little bit of a lie that we have been hearing for 300 years. The lie that the earth can't sustain too many people. 300 years ago, it was that the earth could never sustain a billion people. Just 50 years ago, it was there's no way the earth could ever sustain 4 billion people. And here we are today, approaching 4 billion. We're still going strong. We do have enough food and resources to feed, clothe, and house everybody in the world. Because God has given us the intelligence and the wisdom to be able to overcome things. It's what we do with it. That's the issue. So why do I love this story so much? It's because Scrooge gets visited on Christmas Eve by his long-dead partner, covered in thick, heavy chains, carrying the money boxes he prized so much in life. And he warns him, You have chains thicker than I do. If you don't change, 
You'll be worse off than I am now. So he promises him he will be visited by three spirits, the ghosts of Christmas past, Christmas present, and Christmas yet to come. Ghosts who will remind him of his more jolly past, yet that he also turned away from those who loved him most. They will remind him of how he has affected everybody in the present. All for the worse. They will remind him of the future he faces if he doesn't change. And they manage to do all of this in a single night before he wakes up on Christmas morning. At the end of his visitation, he pleads with the final spirit. And I don't quite agree with all of the wording. I will live in the past. I will live in the present. I will live in the future. That's not quite what we're supposed to do. But he does say that if you give me a second chance, I will honor Christmas in my heart and I will try to keep it all the year long. And what does it say about Scrooge after the spirits go away? That he changes, that it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well. But Christmas has just passed for us. But what is Christmas about? Everybody should know this answer if you're in church. Jesus. We know that Jesus came into the world. And his first coming, we celebrate at Christmas. But how much like Scrooge can we be? How much do we focus on the wants and needs in this life without looking after those around us? How much are we hating others and wanting what they have rather than wanting the best for them. Where else do we see such pettiness? Well, we read earlier from John 21, 15 through 22. We've read it, so I'm going to refer to it more than go through the passage. But we see in this passage a man talking to his Lord, who is no mere spirit or ghost. This is Jesus, who barely a month earlier was crucified, dead, and buried. But now he's alive. And what does Jesus say to Peter? Starting in verse 15, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Why does Jesus ask Peter this question three times? We probably all remember that before the crucifixion, this is the same Peter who three times denied his Lord. 
I am not his disciple. I don't know that man. You don't know what you're talking about. You're crazy. Leave me alone. Here is a man who is more concerned for his own well-being than actively looking after his friend. So since Peter denied him three times, Jesus asks three times to reinstate him, to restore him. Do you love me? But what is love? Notice Peter is hurt by the third asking. Why? First, Jesus asks, Simon, not Peter. <clears throat> he lost the right to that name when he denied his Lord. He denied the truth he proclaimed earlier. He is no longer that stable rock. Simon, son of John, do you agape me? Do you love me enough to sacrifice everything? We need to remember that this is the same Simon Peter who just a few chapters ago, John 13, 37, said, I will lay down my life for you. Mark 14, 29 tells us, he said, even though everybody else falls away, I won't fall away. Simon, son of John, do you agape me more than these others? Hmm. Do you love me more than your possessions, than your boat, your nets, the fish, your source of income? He could be asking that. I don't think that's quite what he's asking, but I'm not going to say that's not what he's asking. So is Jesus saying, do you love me more than you love these other people? It's a very good one. And I also think that is correct. Or is Jesus asking, do you love me more than those people love me? You basically said to me, Peter... <laughs> You were going to be better than everybody else. Do you love me more than they love me? Do you love me more than you love them? Do you love me more than the things of this world? So in truth, it really is a combination of all three. But most importantly, Jesus is asking, do you love me more than anything in anyone so that you know no one can tear you from my hand. The same hand that still has the scar of the nail that saved us all. Then feed my sheep. Give them the nourishment of the bread of life. The word of God. But a second time, he says, Simon, son of John, do you agape me? And both times, 
Simon replies the same way, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He knows that Jesus can see into our hearts. But we see Jesus stops comparing Simon to others in the second question. Don't worry about them. Do you love me? Then tend my sheep. Help the others grow closer to me. Defend them from hunger and thirst in a spiritually dead world. Defend them against false prophets and false teachers and the things of this world. Give them God's truth. Defend them from those that would try to steal everybody from God's hand. Yet Simon has been saying, yes, Lord, you know that I love you unconditionally. You know I'd do anything for you. But he finishes every time with, you know that I phileo you. You know I love you like a friend. He doesn't deny the agape love, but he finishes with, you know I consider you a friend. So then we get to the third question. Simon, son of John. Not agape. Not will you sacrifice and obey. But Simon, son of John. Do you phileo me? Why is Simon so grieved by this question? Is it because the questions go from Do you love me so much that it hurts that you will do anything for me? To Simon, are you even my friend? Imagine what it sounds like. Simon, are you sure you're my friend? Do you really love me as a friend? How does it go? You know everything. You know I love you like a friend. Then you follow me. Act like a grown up. Because the time is coming when people are going to treat you like a child. They will mock you, they will mistreat you, they will spank you. They'll even kill you. And Simon has to hold on to being like a child for just a little bit longer. When he looks over, sees his other friend, his fellow disciple. And he says, but what about him? Why don't you ask him the same questions? How's he going to die? I said, follow me. Don't worry about anybody else. Stop worrying about them. Follow me as I feed and tend to my sheep. So what does it mean for us? Firstly, I will deal with any possible rumors because yes, 
A Christmas Carol is one of my all-time favorite stories, even though it's about a man who gets visited by a ghost of a friend. And the only time we see that in the Bible is when the wicked King Saul, who's chasing down the one who will take over as king, He's going into battle, and he's scared. He doesn't know what he has to do, so he goes to a witch to have her raise his dead friend to life. And if you think about it, this is a very Christmas Carol-esque story. A man who seeks his dead friend and gets rebuked by his friend. What are you doing? You are not doing what you are supposed to. Change. And unfortunately, King Saul doesn't change. He continues down the same road. And for the sake of the story, I'm okay with a little bit of theological wiggle room. Especially if we include a recently written sequel. Remember, A Christmas Carol was written almost 200 years ago. I think we're just two years away, actually. This sequel, Jacob T. Marley, was written in the last decade. But it shows why he was allowed to go talk to his friend to try and change him. It's another redemption story, and honestly, go buy it. When I saw it was available in Audible, I listened to it, and then I quickly jumped over to Kindle, and I bought it, and I'm like, I have it in this in every format I can have it. Great story. But you might be thinking, like I did, about the parable of Lazarus and the rich man. If they don't believe Moses and the prophets, neither will they believe someone who raises from the dead. Yet I think... It's okay, because we do see somebody who believes, who turns. And we can also argue that the spirits of the Christmases are ministering spirits, or as we generally call them, angels. So I have no issue with that side. It's all that theological wiggle room we allow for a good story. But like Scrooge, who had a family a sister who loved him, was engaged to be married at one point. But he turned away from all of them. Peter was one who turned from those he loved. And like Peter, how often do we turn away from people we love? Like Scrooge, Peter had to confront his past, all of the hurts, the boasts, the selfishness, and the loss. And maybe 2021 has been a hard year. Follow Jesus. It won't necessarily make all the pain go away, but Jesus can lead you through and out of the pain. Maybe 2021 was great for you. Follow Jesus. You might lose everything you've gained. 
You might keep it all. But your focus should be on the one who gave up everything to save you. Maybe you've made mistakes, you've lied about things, you've turned on loved ones, lost loved ones. Maybe you've even denied your Savior. Follow Jesus, the only faithful one. Like Scrooge, Peter had to confront his present. Maybe you're finishing 2021 holding on to your past. Follow Jesus. Maybe you're currently struggling with something, addiction, holding on to pain, anger, bitterness. Follow Jesus. Let him tend to your needs. Trust others to tend to your needs and encourage you to follow him more as you hopefully tend to others. Help them to follow Jesus. So follow Jesus now. Don't wait. Follow Jesus now. It will be hard. It will be scary. But follow Jesus now. Because like Scrooge, Peter had to face the future and his death. And it is scary. Maybe you're afraid of what 2022 holds. Maybe the finances of this year mean 2022 is going to start out being tough. Maybe you're wondering where the church will be in a month, in six months, in a year. Maybe those in power in government have you worried for one reason or another. Follow Jesus. Don't worry about what others are doing. Don't worry about their walk with Jesus or lack thereof. Don't ignore others or what's happening in this world. Just follow Jesus for yourself. Trust him. Trust in the God who saves, the one who holds all things together, Even though it may not be easy in this life, we know we can trust in the one who is guiding history and has overcome death in the grave. So we can go forward in Christ. What does it look like to keep Christmas in your heart all the year and keep it well like a renewed Ebenezer Scrooge? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We realize our need to read and memorize scripture. As we seek to live out the commands to love God and love others, 
as Christ lives in us by his Holy Spirit to the glory of the Father, or as we tend to put it in the church, live a full life in Christ and bring others along for the ride. It is seeking the bread of life. We realize our need for spiritual nourishment through Bible study and encouraging each other to become more Christ-like, to continue to follow Jesus. But we also know we have a promise keeper, Stetson, if you'll do the thing. Anybody see any of the rainbows this morning? I took this when I got to church. (laughs) And I have to tell you, as I was coming in to preach a message about the God who renews and restores, who is coming again, to see a reminder of his promises. That he would never again kill us with a flood. Here is the evidence. This is the one who told us he would come to save us. Therefore, keeping Christmas in your heart all the year and keeping it well looks like bowing before Emmanuel, God with us, the one who keeps his promises. We realize the Father sent the Son to cleanse us and restore us. And they sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in us until Christ's return. We acknowledge his authority and power, and we follow Jesus because we know he is coming again. He has promised it to us. We don't get stuck in the same old rut or in our past mistakes and sins or in our worries and concerns or our own lusts and wants or in our own glory. We go forward toward the future glory that awaits us in Christ Jesus. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Pressing on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. The true spirit of Christmas is the same spirit that overshadowed a young woman to bring forth a savior. A savior who would die, but he rose again. A savior who is one day returning to make all things new. And he has promised that he is with us always to the end of the age. Until he comes again. Like Scrooge, like Peter, we seek to spread love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in the power of the Holy Spirit of Christ who dwells in us all throughout the year. So remember the one who restores, remember the one who empowers, and go forward and follow Jesus. 
our gracious heavenly Father. You who have been denied by us through our actions, our words, and our thoughts. You who have been pushed away by our own sinful desires. We praise you and worship you. You could have left us in our misery. You could have wiped us out like with the flood. Instead, you became one of us. We were stuck wallowing in our past, unable and unwilling to let go of the hurts, the glories of youth, the fame, the fear. We were stuck wallowing in our current pains and fears, our own glories and strengths, unwilling to help our neighbors, either because we felt we lacked the ability or because they deserve what they get or because they should be able to help themselves. We were stuck wallowing in our future, afraid of what may come or hoping for what we cannot get for ourselves or think we can get for ourselves. You could have left us in our misery or removed far more than the surplus population. But you came to us. We praise you because we could not get to you, but you made a way for us. We deserved death, but you offered us life. We have feared the world and death more than we have feared you, and we confess it to you now. Because you see our past. You change us in the present. And you give us a hope for the future through your Son, the way, the truth, and the life. Lord, help us to seek you every moment of every day. Help us to help each other seek you and grow in you every day. Help us to become more loving and kind, more like Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Help us follow Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.